the genius of generous living. I had felt nudged to uh, begin uh, after the annual meeting a series on generosity, and I knew that was coming, and I'm very pleased that we were able to celebrate the dedication of the Youth Center and the EJ Location Renovation Project, and I'm especially grateful for this. We're starting this series with uh, both projects fully funded, paid in full. Isn't that good news? That's good stuff, yeah, yeah. Well, here's, here's why I'm especially, because now as we begin this, this uh, series on generosity, uh, some of you, if it wasn't paid in full, would think there's an agenda here, isn't there, Pastor Jeff? Yeah, I, I know why you're doing this, because you want to get us to finish and pay off the debt, but I, I am very pleased to tell you that's not why we're doing this series, and the Lord enabled me to, to come at you and say, no, that's not why we're having this series. Uh, we're talking about generous living, because I believe to be generous is God's best plan for his children. To learn to be generous people and generous givers is to follow the greatest giver of all time, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, then why on earth wouldn't we want to follow his lead in the area of generosity? Uh, again, he is the greatest of all givers. Uh, the word generous uh, literally means to be free in giving or sharing. In other words, I'm, I'm very quick, I'm very open-handed in the way that I share what the Lord has blessed me with. That's literally what it means, that's the definition, free in giving or sharing or to remain open-handed. My, my prayer is that starting today and for the next five weeks, the Lord might light a fire amongst us. I know some of you, this is already a part of who you are, but, but I'm praying that uh, he might light a fire amongst the church family and nudge and prompt to get on the road to generosity because there's joy and, and there's, there's just an, an enjoyment of life when you start living this way. Or many of you uh, would affirm your already generous hearts and maybe even encourage you to greater generosity. So that's my prayer, that's my desire as we begin this series. But I want to begin our series on generosity with the most basic, the most well-known verse in the Bible. Go ahead, Dan, put it up there. You know it, don't you? For God so loved the world that he did what? That he gave. He gave his only son, Jesus Christ to die a criminal's death on a Roman cross, that whosoever believeth in Jesus the Son should not perish, track with me, meaning that you don't have to face eternal judgment, you don't have to face eternity apart from the Lord, eternal death, but by believing in the greatest gift that's ever been given, have everlasting life, have eternal life, with the giver of the greatest gift, Jesus Christ. Here's what you need to know. Listen close. God gave his very best. He gave the most important. He gave the most sacred gift that's ever been given, his only son, Jesus Christ. 
I like the fact that the Lord isn't asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done in much greater ways. Understand? So, so when we're going to look at being generous, he's not asking us to do anything that he hasn't done himself. Times a million. <laughs> Times a billion. Again, he asks us to follow his lead because he gave us his very best. Uh, today I want to start this series by focusing on the reason the motivation behind generosity. So before we just run in and, and I start saying, you got to do it, you got to do it, I want to talk today, why should we be generous people? What's the reason? What is the motivation behind generosity? What's the motivating force that, that would cause us to say, you know what, I think I want to get on that train. I, I want to get on down that road to generous living. So Take your Bibles with me. Take your phones with me. Right, Bill? Philippians chapter 2 is where I want you to go. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8, and we're going to find there, excuse me, 5 to 11. Uh, we're going to read, focus on verses 5 to 8. This is our motivation. This is why we should live generous lives. Make sense? Okay. Stand with me if you're able. We're going to declare out loud why we should be generous people. This is the motivating force, these words. Verse 5, would you read with me? Here we go. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Lord, those are powerful words. And uh, most of us, we've read those words many times. Lord, I'm praying that once again today they'd speak to us. Thank you for getting down on uh, parchment exactly what we need to live our everyday lives. And, and we need Philippians 2, 5 to 11. So would you show us today the, the motivation behind why we should be generous people? Would you, would you show us the attitude, the, the example that you're calling us to follow? And Lord, I've already been praying this week and weeks before that an attitude of generosity would catch fire in your church. I pray that that might happen so that Jesus Christ is glorified, so that we might reflect our Savior and our Lord in our everyday lives. I pray for those who, uh, frankly, this is a new concept for. Lord, uh, might they be open today and in the five weeks to follow to learning, 
to uh, following the example, to catching the right attitude and the right mindset. And thank you, Lord, that many that are standing right now already understand what it means to be generous. They're, they're already living that out. Lord, would you affirm that choice in their lives? And perhaps it is, Lord, that you want to encourage them to move further on on that road as well. Right now, Lord, we pause and we invite the third person of the Trinity to come and take charge in your church. You've told us, Lord, that when we invite your spirit to come and take charge, streams of living water flow. So might streams of living water flow today in your church, in our individual lives and corporately? Lord, might your power and the power of your word be felt and experienced and heard from this morning. Lord, you take charge of these uh, weak lips. May Jesus be lifted high in his church today. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one strong voice. You can be seated. And just say, I commend you for being here today. You had a really good excuse for staying home, didn't you? And you overcame that. I'm glad we sang that song. So you overcame that excuse, and I just want you to know I'm proud of you. Nice job. Well done. You, you all are uh, a hearty bunch, persevering even uh, in the snowy times. Uh, Philippians 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you. Okay? Uh, let this mindset be as Christ Jesus' mindset was. Here's what you need to understand. You ready? Christ-like actions begin with Christ-like mindsets. You want to live like Jesus? You want to love like Jesus? That begins with a Christ-like attitude or a Christ-like mindset. If you just want to be selfish with your attitudes and selfish with your mindsets, uh, that will show themselves in selfish me first actions and activity. So you need to understand whatever you're thinking, whatever the attitude is, that will determine the outcome. Whatever's going on in your mind, your mindset, your attitude, that will play out in your words, that will play out in our actions. Verse 5, followers of Jesus, notice what Paul is saying as he writes to the church at Philippi to the church at Walloon, verse 5, look at it. Start thinking like Jesus in your relationships. Start having an attitude or mindset like Jesus had in your relationships. Let your mindset, your attitude of Jesus be how you treat your wife. Be how you treat your husband. Couples, uh, let that Christ-like attitude, that Christ-like motivation uh, come into play on how you speak to your children. When you go to work, let that Christ-like attitude and mindset be how driving the force on how you behave at work. Students, how, how you treat others at school, uh, how you treat the church family when you come here on Sunday or in small group. You understand? How you think, your attitudes, your mindset 
will show itself in your words and your behavior. Attitude drives outcomes. Verse 5. So, verse 6, what's the attitude, what's the mindset of Jesus before he entered Mary's womb? That's what verse 6 says. Before Jesus got tethered to the umbilical cord, before he was born in a barn in Bethlehem, what was his attitude? What was his mindset? Verse 6. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Let's pause. Let's break that down a bit. Uh, I want to... Focus on the obvious first. The very nature of Jesus, verse 6 says, is deity. The very nature of Jesus is godness. Jesus is 100% God. That's his essential nature. Just because he entered humanity with a body, he didn't cease being God. That's what he said. His very nature is God. Jesus always was the second person of the Trinity, and Jesus always will be the second person of the Trinity. Sometimes we think, well, he was sort of a son, sort of somewhere, but then then he took on human form and he was... No, his essential nature, look at verse 6, is he's God. He's the second person of the Trinity. Even though he was 100% God, let's follow the train of thought now, deserved the glory, the splendor, the worship the adoration of heaven with the Father. Notice what it says. He didn't grasp, he didn't hold tightly, he didn't cling to the perks and the privileges of heaven. And and we're thinking, well, he could have. We might even say maybe he should have, but Jesus knew that the Father's plan was for God the Son to leave the majesty, the holiness of, the wonder of heaven. Please note, from the beginning, this is the point, the mindset, the attitude of Jesus was this. I'm going to not look out for me. The attitude of Jesus was not receiving. What was the attitude of Jesus? It was, okay, you want another run at that? Because like four of you got the answer there. Okay, here we go. Another run, I understand. You're still a little frozen. Uh, The attitude, the mindset of Jesus from the very beginning was not on receiving. It was on, you got it. (laughs) It was on obeying the Father's plan and giving. The right mindset, the right attitude leads to the right behavior and actions. That's true in everything. If I have the right mindset and the right attitude, that's going to lead to the right behaviors, the right words, the right actions. Verse 7, let's continue on. Rather, 2-7, Jesus made himself nothing, nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Jesus gave up the glory, the splendor, the wonder of heaven to take on a human body And I've already talked to some of you. You're not feeling all that great. It's been the the year of colds and the flu. He took on hunger and pain and betrayals 
and the confinement of skin and bones. Now just pause for a moment. Put that next picture up there, Dan. Guess who made the hundreds of billions of galaxies? Guess who was the creative one? Colossians 1, 15 to 17. We're not going to go there, but, but if you want proof, go there. Okay? The second person of the Trinity, Jesus, spoke the hundreds of billions of galaxies into existence. He was the one who was the creative one of the Trinity. The Father planned it. The Son was the active one, the one who spoke it, this to be the reality that we know. So this same Jesus who spoke the billions and billions of galaxies into existence took on a human body, knowing that daily he was going to wet and mess his diaper. Do you understand what he did? That's what he's talking about here. He knew that Jesus was going to cry when he was hungry. That Christmas carol's not true. It's not wrong, it's not sin for a baby to cry and say, hey mom, hey dad, I'm hungry. Okay? Jesus knew that he was going to be needing to be burped when, when air was caught. He was going to need to be rocked. Jesus knew what it was going to be to be a needy, dependent baby. You tracking? The one who spoke the billions of galaxies into existence is now needing someone to rock him to sleep. He left the awesomeness of heaven, the glory and oneness with the Father, took on the confinement of skin and bones for us. And then once he was on earth, what was his ultimate mission? What was the goal of Jesus once he came to earth? Look at verse 8. Continue on. And being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. We're still talking about the right mindset, the right attitude. What was the mindset, the right attitude that Jesus exhibited in being generous and giving? Okay, verse 8, he made a deliberate choice of obedience to endure the horrors of the cross. You understand? He, he willingly knew what was ahead and he did it anyway. Do you remember the movie, The Passion of of the Christ? How many of you remember that and you saw that? I didn't realize. It's been a while. It's 2004. Okay? Um, crucifixion was detestable. It was a means of death so horrible that proper Roman citizens just didn't talk about it. It was so gruesome and so hideous, they, they just didn't talk about it because just proper folks don't talk that way. Uh, to speak of crucifixion was vulgar and obscene. Uh, verses 7 and 8, track with me now, okay? Why are we putting, this is what we're talking about now. Jesus willingly came to earth, endured the confinement of a young Jewish girl's womb for nine months. The indignity of being born in a barn, 
helpless as an infant, uh, under the leadership of mom and dad as a toddler, and after 33 years, uh, Jesus willingly lived, giving up the independent use of his deity. If you'll notice, while he's here on earth, he's checking in with, what would you have me to do now, Father? He's still the second person of the Trinity, but he allowed the Father to show him the way. And then Jesus knew what the eventual outcome was going to be. That's what it is. Gruesome. The most gruesome method of execution that evil mankind has ever invented. This is the greatest gift that's ever been offered. Jesus offers that, that awesome gift. He offers himself for us. You understand? That's the example that's the model, the ultimate act of giving. This is what the right mindset and the right attitude leads to obedience, even, it says, death on a cross, which tells us when we give, there's going to be sacrifice. If you're going to learn to be a generous giver, then at times it's going to hurt to give. Because if we give... And it really doesn't bother us. It's really, there really was not much uh, effort. It, it didn't really matter much to me. Then you're really not being generous yet. You, you learn generosity when you give even to the point where it's sacrifice. So let's just nail this down. What's the key core reason why we should pursue living a generous life? You might want to write this down if you're taking notes. Here we go. What's the motivation for us to live generously? You ready? It's the awesome and extravagant generosity that Jesus has lavished on you and me. Does that make sense? Why would I want to be a generous giver? Why would I want to learn generosity? The foundational reason for all of us, because Jesus has lavished such generosity on me. Why on earth would I not in response to his generosity, why would I not want to be generous to those just like Jesus was to me? That is the key, core, foundational reason for generosity in our lives. <laughs> and as I think, I'll put it in personal terms, Jeff was living in the sewer of sin and selfishness. It's a fact. I uh, was eating out of the dumpster of pride and profanity. You know these lips that preach most Sundays? Oh, could I string words together and you'd say, ooh, that is not a future pastor in the making, and I would agree with you. Uh, again, living in the, the dumpster of pride and profanity. And pretty soon I found myself eating with the pigs, and I was miserable, and I don't like the slop and the mud and the manure any longer. So the Lord grabbed a hold of my heart and drew me to himself. And that's the picture in my office. Okay? Sorry about you good photographers. Don't. Uh, anyway, uh, that's as good as it gets. But that hangs in my office. And uh, that's, that's me. And I just tell myself every day when I, because you'll notice this guy is modern guy. He's got jeans. He's got a wristwatch on. This is somebody living today. That's me. That's my story. And I need to remember, 
Lord, you ran and you met me right where I was at. You met me, you embraced me, and I tell myself this most every day. Lord, you loved me sacrificially, unconditionally, eternally, and you proved that for all of eternity on the cross. Listen close. Some of you are wondering, how come this isn't sticking? It's because you're not preaching to yourself daily. You know the most important preacher in your life? It's you. Listen close. you got to preach to you every day. Lord, you, you loved me so much, you took my place on the cross. And, and then I out loud, okay? For me, maybe you can do it in your head, but when I do it in my head, then I start thinking about, I wonder who's going to win the Super Bowl. I wonder what Denise is making for dinner. I, I wonder, I wonder. Um, no, i got to say it out loud. So, so then I, I proclaim it, and then I hear it. Lord, you chose me. You made me a part of your family. And then I usually stop and say, I'm not sure why. You picked me. It was a grace pick. You chose me to be a part of your royal family. You wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life. I say that out loud. The old is gone. The new has come. Uh, Some more facts I, I preach to myself. Nothing could ever separate me from your love. Nothing. Romans tells us that. So I, I tell myself the facts, the identity, the position, who I am. And Jesus, I know that you willingly endured the cross for me. You generously gave me everything. Nothing missing, Ephesians tells us. Got everything I need. I'm a billionaire in Jesus Christ. Maybe you should say that right now. I'm a billionaire in Jesus Christ. Now turn to your neighbor and tell him that. I'm a billionaire, did you know that? In Jesus Christ, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Gotta add that part on. Spiritually, who we are, our position, our identity. Listen, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, pick whoever you want, uh, Mark Facebook guy, Z, whatever his name is. None of them have anything on you if you know Jesus, and then you start living as though you are who God's word says you are, your position, your identity. That's the key. That's what you got to, and, and I know that, and as soon as I know that, then suddenly I have the motivation to get on the road to generous living. Once I know who I am because of Jesus living me, uh, then I get my identity, my position. I belong to the king of kings. I'm a child of the Lord of Lords. Jesus picked me, hand-picked, goofy me to be on his team, to be a part of his family. Now that's motivation. Do you understand? That's something that'll make you want to get on that road and say, you know, you showed me such amazing generosity, Jesus. How can I not show that to the people around me that you put in my path? One final challenge. We're done. How many of you up for a challenge? Okay, brand new series. Okay, okay. Some of you'd say, "No, I'm not feeling that bold." Okay, <laughs> you can hold it up here. Okay, um, the right mindset, the right attitude. Jesus, you've given me so much uh, motivation to action. Okay, so we're not doing this just because I like challenges or just because. Goofy Jeff isn't going to leave me alone. I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to to take the challenge because of what you've done and who I am in you, Jesus. That would be the right reason to to take this challenge. Okay, here we go. 
will you be on the lookout this next week for someone the Lord will put in your path who needs you to be generous with them? Okay, and I'm going to get even more specific. Okay, I, I, I want you to look in your purse or your wallet, or if you don't have a wallet or a purse, look on your phone, uh, look on the cash app or wherever you keep your cash. Okay, and, and I want you to figure out, um, Lord, what can I afford this week that would be generous? What could I afford to, to give generously to someone around me? Now, for some of you, you say, I think that needs to be a dollar, Pastor Chuck. And I get it, okay? If it's a dollar, so be it. Some of you, that perhaps is a five. I'm going to look for a single mom or a widow or someone in my family who could use a little encouragement. And maybe it's a ten for you. Some of you, to actually, for this to actually hurt a bit, would need to be a 20 or a 50. You understand what I'm saying? And, and I'm just going to keep that out, and I've already picked out what my amount is. won't tell you, just that Jackson has his name, Pace on it, but anyway, that's what the Lord, yeah, because that would hurt a bit, but you know, uh, anyway, you pick out, uh, what is it, Lord, that you would have me, it's ready to go, and I'm just listening this next week, and I'm going to expect that as I'm looking for an opportunity, to, maybe it's you're in line at McDonald's or Taco Bell, or you pick your spot, and, and maybe the Lord's saying, why, why don't you pay for the people behind you? Okay? Yeah? And make sure they don't have a lot of kids, because that could get expensive. But anyway, uh, uh, anyway, you're saying, Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm open. You show me. I, I'm not exactly sure what you got in mind, uh, but would you show me specifically who you'd have me? You see, this is practice. It's one thing to have the right mindset, the right attitude, but then you've got to start practicing it, and I would like you to start practicing with me. Lord, show me, and uh, this is the right mindset, the right attitude, and now right mindset, right attitude will lead to the right behavior. I'm challenging you to a behavior, to an action. So, if you're, if you're willing to take me up on the challenge, okay, are, are you ready? Uh, go ahead, put, put that next uh, piece of calligraphy up there on the, on the wall, okay? If you're willing, I'd like you to write that down. That's my email address. And someone said the reason your handwriting is so messy is because you write too fast. I promise you, I wrote that in about, I took my time. <laughs> I took my time. Yeah, all those years of calligraphy, it has not paid off yet. It's Pastor J. Ellis at yahoo.com. All lowercase. Okay, that's what that top part says. All, <laughs> all lowercase. Okay, Here, here's what I want you to do. Uh, keep it up there. Write it down. And, and here's my challenge. If you're willing to take the challenge, would you, once the Lord shows you what that opportunity looks like and, and how it happened and, and how it turned out a little bit, uh, would you send me a little bit of a report I know some of you are lots of detail, that's great. Some of you just give me a headline, that's okay. You can be honest. You can say, that was great, Pastor Jeff. Or you could say, don't ask me to do that again, that was awful. 
I want to hear. I want to hear exactly what went. And here's the deal. I want to share lots of your experiences next week. Okay? So that's why I'd like you. And, and I'll let you tell me. I want to remain anonymous or I don't care if you use my name. Okay? So uh, if, I, if you don't tell me it's okay to use your name, I'll assume the answer is no. So if you don't mind, tell me who you are. Otherwise, you'll remain anonymous. Okay, now here's kind of the scary part, 10.07. We went through all of this. Here's my question. How many of you would say, I think, I'll, I think I'll take you up on that challenge. How many of you would say, I think I'm in. Going to be interesting. Get you on the road to generosity. Not, not sure it's how, and again, I'll, I'll leave that between you, whether it's a 1, a 5, 10, a 20, a 50, a 100. I, I don't, that's between you and Jesus. But Lord, now I'm, I'm looking, and would you show me? And again, I want to share that next Sunday with you. Would you stand with me for closing prayer? I'm going to pray for those of you, and most of you raised your hands, um, which is an uh, answer to this pastor's heart. And I'll be praying all week long that your challenge um, teaches and uh, is instructive and maybe will light that little fire in you to get on the road to generosity. And one more thing. Why do we sing? And I've noticed some of you are really into it and you sing loud. And I won't name names, but I've just noticed some of you, it's like, okay, I'll endure the singing, but I ain't lifting my voice, so I'm not, I'm not singing loud. Do you know why? Do you know the motivation for singing and worshiping with our hearts and just getting into it? you know why? It's the very same motivation for, because of all that Jesus has done. So I, I don't sing loud so Pastor Andy will like me. I, I don't sing loud and I, I don't get into it other than, oh, Jesus, all that you've done. How could I not give you praise? Oh, and by the way, did you know what we're going to be doing for all of eternity? So, so if you don't learn to love, to worship the Lord, and part of it's in song, eternity is going to be a long time for you. I'm just going to say, it's going to be long. It's going to be bad. I don't really think that will be the case, but why not enjoy it now knowing, man, it's going to be great. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for uh, challenging me regarding generosity. Thanks for getting me on that road. And Lord, I, I can go further. So I'm looking that you'll take me. So Lord, I pray for my friends here who said they're willing to take the challenge. Would you help them, first of all, to figure out the amount that you'd have in mind for each of them individually? Secondly, Lord, I pray that you would help them to tune in and be on the lookout, listening to your still small voice, your whisper, your prompt, about who to show generosity to. And Lord, I pray even in advance that your blessing would be upon each who are willing to follow your example. We realize, Lord, it's because of what Jesus has done for us that we live this way. It's because of the generosity that Jesus has lavished on us that's the reason for us to learn to be generous. Lord, might that motivating force drive us this week.
it's in Jesus' amazing, mighty, awesome, glorious name we pray these things.